This is Sammy Reinstein, and you're listening to Conversation Starters. On this show, we talk all about bringing conversations back to B2B marketing and selling. Because if there's one thing we know about doing business in the revenue era, it's that the best customer experience wins. Through the power of our own conversations with drifters, customers, and special guests, we'll learn how to deliver a sales and marketing experience that puts the buyer first. Let's get into it. Welcome to Conversation Starters. This is our season finale. It's the last episode of season two. Yes, season two in the books. It went fast. It did. It did go fast. So if you haven't been through season two with us, this has been all about continuing the conversation. So season one, starting the conversation. Season two, continuing the conversation. We talked to some great drifters, some partners of drifts, and some external guests, including one today. Yes, I am really excited about our guest today. We saved a very special guest for last. We are wrapping up season two with Amy Jo Martin. Amy Jo is an author, speaker, founder, and CEO of Renegade Global. She's a podcast host of Why Not Now and innovation advocate. Her book, Renegade Writes the Rules, reveals the innovative strategies behind the social media success of today's top celebrities, brands, and sports icons. In the book, Amy explains how successful social media strategies can lead to profitable results and why humanizing a brand's social media presence is crucial to building brand loyalty. On today's episode, Amy Jo is going to walk us through how brands can be more human on social media and how to start and continue the conversation with social media. So let's get into it. Amy Jo, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah. We gave a little bit of an intro, but I do also want to plug your speech that you gave at Flash Miami, which was an event that Drift put on. And we will link it in the show notes because I think it'll be a great thing to look back on after this conversation as well. But I read the listeners some of your accolades in the intro, and they are very impressive. But I do want to focus in on one aspect today for the conversation, and that is you are the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Renegades Write the Rules. And to start off the podcast, I'd love to learn a little bit more about what inspired you to write the book. Well, thank you, Sammy. And I thoroughly enjoyed my experience at Flash in Miami. What an incredible you know, day of learning and seeing the innovation that's happening among you and your customers. So Absolutely, Renegade. I mean, the term Renegade really is something that embodies who I am and always has since I was a a young girl. And it's really about asking forgiveness instead of permission. But we bring our results with us when we ask that forgiveness because that tends to go over better and we have those in our back pocket. It's about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and asking ourselves, why not now? Why not me? And we all have a choice to rewrite the script, rewrite the story, rewrite the rules for ourselves, especially right now where so many dynamics going on in the world that encourage that and demand that innovation. So that's really the concept behind Renegade. And there's quite a few stories that that dig back into it with some characters that helped me, you know, arrive at that book title. I love that. And 
Amy Jo and I were talking a little bit about where she was located. And I just seem like Austin, Texas is the right place for you, Amy Jo, being a renegade, being yourself. It is absolutely the best. And we just, we celebrate individuality and community here in Austin, Texas. And I have a podcast called Why Not Now? We actually had Matthew McConaughey come on, who is kind of the mayor of Austin, really. And he says, everybody's welcome as long as you're you're yourself. And that's the requirement. So you're welcome to come out and visit us in Austin. We're having some fun out here. Be yourself in Austin. Be yourself at work. Rewrite the rules. I love it all. I'm going to come and visit Austin just so that I can experience that mentality. But I do want to dive deeper into something that you said in the book. And I'm going to quote you for a second. You said, it is irrational and irresponsible to start a brand without a social media strategy today. And you wrote that book in 2012, and it's 2022 now. So 10 years later, a pandemic happened. We all had to sort of change around our strategies. What role do you see social media playing today? And how has that changed for brands that are incorporating social media into their strategy? That's a great question, Sammy, because although it has been a decade, that fundamental still rings true. How we arrive there, the technology we use and the advancements and, and shifts in the platforms, algorithms, human behavior has has shifted a bit. But it is irresponsible and irrational to think that you can build a bridge and connection and relationship with your customer, your audience, without social communication. Because mm-hmm. it really is just communication. It's not media. And that's something that hasn't shifted When it's treated that way, when we treat it as a dialogue, a two-way street versus a monologue, so more like the, you know, telephone than the TV, then we're able to humanize our brands and build connections that convert, right? So as marketers, we know impressions don't always convert, but we love impressions because that's how we can count them and they go on our spreadsheets and they go on our dashboards and KPIs. But connection does convert. And so you Mm -hmm. can't connect without communicating. It's expected. It's demanded. And you wouldn't not pick up your telephone in business. You can't not show up on social. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially during a pandemic, when we're all home now, and maybe we're not going to an event that's connecting us in our communities, everyone's online. And that's where those communities live. So it's connecting with your customers and it's connecting your customers to each other and creating that community and being able to connect. I feel like back in 2012, maybe 10 years ago, a lot of the social online was like ebook colon, ebook name, and just a link. (laughs) And today, I do totally agree with you. It's all about finding those connections and treating people like humans. Absolutely. And you bring up such a good point, Sammy, in that a brand can offer such value in just bridging a connection with two different customers or building community as long as they're genuine about it, right? So right. you have to really care to mm-hmm. be willing to go down that route and strategy because if you, there's no chance in faking it. People will see right, right through. But when it's done right and we see it doing being done right with certain brands, the loyalty ladder that you're pushing your customers up is so valuable because you're the glue to, you know, deliver that value of other connections. So it's amazing how brand and community has has become such an opportunity 
in this time and moment in brands building community and being a part of delivering value when, where, and how our audience wants to receive it because the customer journey is upside down. It's, it's shifted. Yeah. And I'm sure you ran into, you know, loyalty and community a lot when you started your career, the NBA in social media. And a lot of our listeners, you know, B2B SaaS, maybe they're thinking, what does that have to do with the NBA? But I think there's a lot we can learn from both B2C companies and people that have amazing fans, like sports fans. What do you think that B2B marketers can learn from what you learned in your time at the NBA? Oh, wow. Well, you know, I think of B2B and it actually being even more potentially advantageous and and more efficient for D2C (laughs) because when we look at how big this space is and how noisy and there are no geographic barriers, we're only bound by the speed of technology. It can be overwhelming because the algorithms are fickle and change by the minute of what's going to resonate. With B2B, you usually know your audience pretty well, exactly who they are, exactly where they are. And there may not be as many of them as kind of that mass you know, approach that we we have with B2C. So one of the things that I think about is, you know, yes, I started my career working with a lot of big brands and entertainment properties working then in the NBA. But really, I sat in a spot that was focused on our marketing partnerships and our sponsors. And so I was responsible for finding touch points of natural integration versus interruption for those brands to work with us. And so I was more, I was both, you know, looking at, at the direct, you know, fan and person who's going to purchase the ticket, purchase the merchandise, watch on television, as well as the marketing partner. And in looking at the opportunity for sales teams to use social communication, to connect effectively at a deeper level, to transcend, you know, the what, but go straight to the who and straight to the why, that's establishing a relationship at a completely different level that will change the trajectory of what happens next. And so I think we all know that we're all craving that human connection right now anyway. So if you can know exactly where your audience and targets are with intention and genuine effort and care, you can start to learn so much about someone and connect on different levels that that aren't about the what, right? Mm-hmm. They're about the why and the who. I really love what you said, integration, not interruption. That's so important. Anything that's coming along in the customer journey doesn't feel like, why am I going through this? Why am I taking this call? Why doesn't this person maybe know about who I am? It's making sure you know who they are and making those transitions into content or events and then post sales, those customer success calls, totally seamless. And it just feels like a part of the process. Yeah. And I think too, what's, what's, we want to put data to this and ROI and everybody wants to monetize, which is fair. And I'm I'm a big believer as a three-time founder of realizing what does make money and what doesn't, how important that is. But I think, you know, I have a company called Renegade and we work with women, female leaders, founders, executives all over the globe. Some of which these founders and entrepreneurs you know, and executives in sales, they are converting more through direct messages on social than they are from any other lead 
generation source. So the ability to build a relationship top, you know, front of the house or above ground, and then start to date, you know, a lead and then convert yep. <laughs> through a DM, we're seeing multi-million dollar deals that are being converted and sparked be- through a direct message that then, then you get to a meeting on the phone. So you really can't deny the ability to generate revenue through relationships, just like I've been doing it on the golf course all, you know, for, right. for centuries, decades yeah. for sure, maybe centuries. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine maybe writing, maybe you could because you were very much on the forefront of this, but 10 years ago, if you had told your old, your <laughs> self in 10 years ago, that people would be making multi-million dollar deals over LinkedIn DMs or whatever that is? Well, here's here's <laughs> the indicator. I totally saw this coming and not because I knew more, but because I was just living it and, and experimenting. I found my first investor through a direct message on Twitter. You know, I mean, I found my husband through a direct message on Twitter um, <laughs> who lived in Australia. So, I mean, we're talking all types of conversions, right? But yeah. there's a why there. I see it left and right. And it's we have access to everyone now. And um, you're only bound by your own creativity and willingness to put yourself out there. So, yeah. But now it's at scale, to your point, Sammy. Like, it's just the way things are done. I do also love the part in your book where you talk about social media's role in creating ongoing engagement. And in that social media, success comes from keeping the conversation going. And that's what this podcast is all about. We're all about keeping the conversation going, starting, you know, meaningful conversations and then and then continuing those. So how do we really keep someone engaged? Let's say they've started their first interaction is is on a social post. What is social media's role in that? Well, understanding that the concept of connection compounds over time. So if we just even think of compound interest with financials, right? The longer you go, the more likely that return is going to become exponential. So, and you never know the timeline exactly. So that's why it takes consistency. And that's one of the missing ingredients where people get frustrated. They may not see the response, the metrics, the engagement, the insights, the KPIs, and then they're out. They want a return now. Uh, They want to be able to put it in a report and ship it off to someone. And I think staying human is the key here. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's Albert Einstein that said, not everything that counts can be counted. Not everything that can be counted counts. You can trust that process that if you are making an effort with like-minded, like-hearted humans and delivering value, there will be a value exchange, whether that's in the form of currency, loyalty, you know, email acquisition, who knows, subscription, whatever it is. But you have to be listening loud enough to know that that value is being received and it's actually valued, right? So listening loudly, which my Aussie shepherd outside the door <laughs> is clearly listening to me loudly. You have to be willing to stay human and know when it's an art and when it's a science. And also, it's the wild, wild west again. Again, the algorithms and the business models behind these platforms have shifted. They all went public years ago, but I remember when they did, and all of a sudden the stakeholders changed and the the economics have shifted. And sometimes what worked last Tuesday may not work next Thursday. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned a few like listening 
loudly. There are some other components in the book that I'd love for you to just dive a little bit deeper on. So three specifically, three components to keeping a conversation going. You mentioned asking the right questions, listening to common answers, and innovate by delivering value how, when, and where the audience wants it. So if you will so indulge me, I would love to start with ask the right questions and what you mean when you say ask the right questions. So I was once speaking at a conference and the speaker before me said, it's not about finding the right answers. It's about asking the right questions. And again, I have a whole platform called Why Not Now? Other people want to be seen and heard, right? So that if you can make them feel special, you're on your path to connection, which leads to conversion. So asking questions and listening to the answer, that's data. That's in, that's mm-hmm. invaluable data. Getting the other person to talk, joining a conversation versus trying to just start one from scratch and listen and blend in. So asking those right questions first. Secondly, that feedback loop, that iteration process is like lightning in a bottle when it comes to marketing and even product enhancements. And when we experiment, we can't fail. So we're constantly experimenting and refining and repeating. And the feedback loop organically out in the wild is likely going to be more valuable than if you had it in a controlled research setting, because people are going to be acting more natural and be more honest. And so I have a mentor that says, Amy Joe, the answers are on the street. They're not in a whiteboard session. So you, you know, we can get in our brainstorm sessions and whiteboard sessions all we want. But if we aren't listening to our customers on the street or online that are trying to tell us what we should do next, then we're just spinning our wheels. So, yeah. And then delivering value when, where, and how your audience wants to receive it is the golden rule of social communication, but it's marketing and branding and that's your value prop. So if the customer isn't rooted in the center of that and you're not coming to them, then you've lost because the customer journey now is even more competitive and and upside down than it used to be. And convenience and, you know, customization, they're everything. So that's something that if anything, it's become a level set among competitive sets where you now have small companies that are startups that are going quickly competing with the biggest brands in the world because of how they've been able to shift their delivery and customer journey. It's pretty fascinating. It is really fascinating. And I do think as marketers, sometimes we can get bogged down in data and almost be blinded by it. You know, the data is great and it's great to tell a story from it. But if your customers are telling you something on social or they're telling you something through a survey or whatever that comes from, that first-party data, that is valuable. They are telling you right to your face. You don't even need those hard numbers of acquisition or whatever that is at that point. If they're telling you, you know, this is what I'm interested in. These are my goals. It's so valuable, Sammy. And if we think about it, it's valuable for predictive analysis of what's going to happen next. It's valuable for product you know, research and product development for marketing positioning. It's content, like it's literal content, what they say to us Mm -hmm. can be. So it's, you know, it's a missed opportunity if we're not listening and capturing what people are trying to tell us. Yeah. Yeah. And Amy Jo, before I let you go, you mentioned 
You're a three-time founder. You have tried a lot of different types of things. And you did mention with social media, it can be kind of hard to measure. But how do you think about monetizing social media or measuring? And what are some mistakes you've made along the way? Great. Well, I've made plenty of them. So where do we start? I think we learn what we need to teach, though. And one of my biggest lessons is as a classic brand and classically trained marketing person, who many people are that are listening, we have to kind of let go of this concept of brands being perfect and polished and having extreme equity and they're static when we think of personal branding. So yes, our brands, our logos, we know how much goes into that. However, and you don't jack around with it, right? Like we've got brand standards, but when it comes to humans, we're messy. We're, you know, we're making mistakes constantly. There's nothing static about us. So this concept of the fact that you don't brand yourself, you are yourself and that creates your brand must be something we grasp onto if we want to convert our personal brands as well as even, you know, show humanity and humility in our logos, in our brands. So that's been something that if we put a facade forward where everything is perfect, that ROI is probably not going to be as strong as we would have liked because it's not relatable and people don't buy it. For me personally, the ROIs come in so many different forms in terms of monetization. Sure, leads, direct leads, connections, so on and so forth. But I think we also have to think about, you know, your ability to get creative of what monetization or conversion looks like for you. You know, a telephone can be used for anything, absolutely anything almost, right? Because you can communicate. Well, same with these channels. So if you think to yourself, I don't, it's not for me, there's nothing in it for me. You'd be surprised if you start digging around of well, what is it that you want? Because there are people with a click of a button away that could help you unlock doors, provide resources, information, exclusive content, opportunity. So it's really democratized what's possible. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I certainly learned a lot. If people want to learn a little bit more about you and about Renegade, where can they go? Well, first on social, because that's what we're talking about. I'm at yes. Amy Joe Martin, A-M-Y-J-O-M-A-R-T-I-N, no E. And then renegade.global. That's where you know a lot of our work, we run the Renegade Accelerator and also work with corporate companies to really push that human innovation. And humans, they're the heartbeat of a the logo, they're the heartbeat of the brand. So we have to innovate first there before we can see any digital transformation, right? It starts with the humans. So I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You mentioned this at the beginning of the interview, but Amy Jo also joined us at Drift's Flash event in Miami and the virtual event. The mm-hmm. recordings will be linked in the show notes. But I think it's clear to see why Drift has had Amy Jo at an event and we had her back on this podcast because this woman loves a good conversation. She's great at conversations and Her tips to social media and conversations were really great. Yeah, Amy Jo is really impressive. And I loved hearing her sort of renegade mentality. I Mm -hmm. think it's something that can go into all different types of marketing, not just social media, and just questioning different things that you're doing and trying to get the most out of it and making it a really human conversational experience. 
Yes, as human as having a dog bark in the background yes. of a podcast. Sorry to all you listeners. Hope you didn't mind that Amy Joe's pup just wanted to be in the conversation, too. I don't blame the pup. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for all our listeners following along on season two. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave a rating and review. You can also go to the landing page and chat to me or Sammy directly through the chat bot there. Otherwise, we'll see you in season three in the late fall. See you in the fall. Thanks so much for listening to Conversation Starters. If you liked this episode, please leave us a six-star review by clicking the link in the show notes. And hit subscribe so you never miss another one. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sammy Reinstein and follow all of our shows at Drift Podcasts.